Aloha and good day. It's Clint Hansen with Maui Luxury Real Estate, and you're joining us at Maui Real Estate Radio. You can listen to this and all shows at Maui Real Estate Radio or listen today, you know, on the KAOI Radio Group, 1110 AM, or friends on the West Side at 95.1 FM. I've got my co-host today, Byron Yap of Axia Home Loans. Say hello, Byron. Good morning. Good morning. And our long friend, Paul, uh, Friends of the Children's Justice Center. Uh, we've been working with Paul for over 20 years now, doing our annual toy drive for Friends of the Children's Justice Center. And they do so much more than Christmas time. Paul, you want to tell us a little bit about your organization and what you do? Sure. We were designed, um, I was just sharing with Byron about from um, a vision from the Wailuku Rotary Club 32 years ago. Um, um, what happened was one of the judges who belonged to the club was telling his club that, you know, it's all well and good that they're getting, um, justice for, you know, against the perpetrators, but there's no one there to help the children along their way on their healing path. And, uh, so what happened was the children's justice center at the same time was being created. Um, they came in and created a 501c3 called the Friends of the Children's Justice Center. And our mission was to provide the healing aspect for the children of abuse and neglect in Maui County. So that's how we originally started and still going. And you have a larger parent company that you work through, right? Nope. Okay. We're independent. Oh, wow. That's huge. And the interesting thing a lot of people don't realize is, you know, when, you know, these situations arise all the time, you know, from domestic dispute to, you know, drugs, um, you know, neglect, abandonment. And some of the things that people don't realize is if you're going to be going through a federal funds area, there's lots and lots of red tape. So usually the first people that are called are you guys. And, and can you explain a little bit about more of the services that you provide? Correct. So what we do is we provide to any professional working with a child who's been traumatized through abuse and neglect. And um, we do not take any governmental funds, no state, federal, or county, um, because we don't want to have to say no. And we haven't mm -hmm. had to say no to a child in years. Um, so what happens is uh, I'll use Maui Family Support Services. They're able to help a child to a certain point, and then they're saying, oh, our grant, because it's either federal or county or state, won't allow us to add this extra healing um, aspect to the child. So what happens is they'll reach out to us and says, we need... Um, X, Y, and Z for this child, and we just fill the needs. So we've got over 40 entities that we deal with, and we deal with Kaiser, uh, their pediatric um, division. We deal with um, Department of Education, teachers. They have, they're, they're on the front lines to see when the kids yeah. are in the same clothing for a week or not having glasses and not being able to participate um, and sometimes neglect isn't intentional, you know, might be a mom working two jobs and her priority is to feed the kids. And then the daughter, she can't get the glasses um, and hats off to the teachers. I'll get a teacher. They'll call me. If I take this young lady to lens crafters, will you be able to reimburse me? I'm like, absolutely. You know, um, and do you have parents reach out to you as well? 
I know we don't deal directly with the public. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel that we're able to better utilize because we don't really run any programs. So ourselves, so we're not direct service. So yeah. what we do is we, and a lot of people don't even know it's coming from the friends. We, we sit behind the scenes and fulfill the needs of all the other entities that are um, providing services to the families and the children. Who are your same, um, your main partners that you work with? Uh, child welfare is huge because of the foster care system. Uh, the courts, juvenile court, uh, family court, Maui Youth and Family Services, Aloha House, um, Malama Family Recovery Program, Maui Family Support Services, Parents and Children Together, Child Family Services. We wow. also deal with um, therapists. Um, a lot of therapists that are seeing these children and the ones that are seeing the needs that are being unmet. So we, we also will, as long as it's a professional in the field working with the children, uh, we will fulfill the need. So it sounds like you're, you correct me if I'm wrong, I, I, I'm not that familiar with Friends of the Children's Justice Center of Maui. You're almost like a facilitator, right? So yeah. to speak. So yeah. how does... Like, if, like, let's just say we have a child that goes to one of the agencies. Can they request, hey, have the friends of, you know, the friends help me? Or, or you guys come in the background when they ask you? Well, what will happen is, uh, I'll use Kaiser as an example. Uh, the pediatrician, the doctor, um, Dr. Livadays is one of them. She'll see a child come in and they'll be in, in dire need of clothing. Um and so what she'll do is she'll read out to the case managers that work for Kaiser and she'll say, uh, could you put a request in for this child? That, and what we do is we give them $150 voucher to go to shop at Ross, which is a lot of clothes at Ross, which is good. Um, so they'll present it through the caseworker. We'll put in the request and the caseworker will pick up the request and deliver it to the family. So, uh-huh. yeah. Now, an example would be like, let's just say someone goes to Kaiser and they don't have any, you know, they're not getting the help or whatever services. And they've said, hey, we've reached out to everybody. Could they come to you directly and say, hey, you know, help me? Um, Technically, no. But to be honest with you, I never say no. I do have people that call me just randomly. They'll find us on a website or the Facebook page. And what I will do is I will connect them with the, one of the service providers that will be able to fulfill uh-huh. the need for them. And it's a good, it, it, it's a win-win because now we've got this family connected to a service provider who can meet probably some other needs, maybe rent, um, you know, different things that the parents are struggling with. Because yeah. um, our focus naturally is zero to 18. Uh, we've extended that because of the foster care system. Um, we will extend it up to 21. Um, and he's also, you know, Paul is a wealth of connections and knowledge in the, the help community in general. Um, he's usually one of the first people that I reach out when I find somebody in need, you know, whether that's a homeless person or, you know, somebody, uh, there's a cat hoarder. I remember that when I reached out to you, you helped me with pet services and whatnot and getting the cats the proper help and shelter. <laughs> that they needed and, you know, health situations for uh, the person as well. So he's um, really deep in that, in the health community. And, but 
you know, working it, what's it been 23 years now that we've been running our toy drive? This is the 23rd year. Yeah. And so if anybody wants to uh, be invited, you know, Byron, you better be there this year. It's going to be December 3rd. Um, did you get the invite yet? Not yet. So um, I will definitely be emailing you, but we do one at our toy drive and it's what three vans full of toys that we provide. And it is, it's amazing to see the work that Paul does with these children. Mm -hmm. It's um, you know, and I see a lot of the, when they're kids, you know, little, you know, 11, 12 year old, uh, you know, boy, I remember he wasn't able to make eye contact. He's like, thank you, sir. You know, and he was, you know, nice and polite. And then he's a grown man now and he looks you right in the eye. And he's a productive member of society. And I mean, it's the services that they provide change lives. I mean, it, it it's incredible when you, you offer a little bit of love and help to people that what they're able to do with their lives. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm just, beyond ecstatic to see it grow um, and become such an integral part of the, the help network on Maui. Uh -huh. So Paul, the next question I, I, I had was this with COVID, have you seen an increase in the need for your services? Oh, you yeah. know, what are you seeing out there right now currently? So with COVID, a lot of nonprofits got into trouble because um, the funders wanted to have a direct impact, which is great. Uh, they didn't want to be paying for staff or whatever. Their focus was how do we give directly impact the families in need. So what happened was, I mentioned Hawaii Community Foundation earlier. Um, they are an amazing, amazing foundation. And we had conversations about um, the need for uh, to take the stress off the parents during these times that all lost their employment or they became underemployed. Um, and what happened was we were able to, uh, laptops was huge during COVID. These kids can't afford laptops. DOE did not have enough to distribute to every child um, in the DOE system. So what would happen was we would, uh, through Hawaii Community Foundation working with them, we were able to create a um, fund that they funded for us to provide laptops for all these children that weren't able to uh, participate in school for lack of not having a laptop. But then we also went above and beyond that. They have these things called MiFi's, um, which, you know, I'm not techie, but I had to learn all about this during COVID, which it provides Wi-Fi for someone that doesn't have spectrum or some type of cable service coming into the home. So uh, we partnered up with Verizon. So it's always like, yeah, we just, we went full, we were more, we were busier than ever during COVID um, behind the scenes, just making sure that, you know, and food was a big thing. So we worked with Maui Food Bank and we don't want to duplicate services. And I know Clint and I, in the beginning of COVID had this conversation, him, him, he and his family were very generous to Maui Food Bank. Uh, so what we did is we have reserves. We took money out of our reserves and we made a nice generous donation to Maui Food Bank to help assist them to assist the families that, you know, we're serving also. Yeah, that was amazing that we uh, uh, worked towards uh, one of the local churches on a food run. And it was at the time when the cars were wrapped for miles, you know, onto the highway and off onto South Kihei Road. And we served thousands of vehicles with 
uh, bags of food. And, you know, we donated huge sums of money and spent days like packing and every day was just a frantic mess just to, you know, get the food to, to people who had lost their jobs and, you know, had no other resources to go to. So I'm so glad, you know, in those initial days that people stood up to, and, and donated to help until the county was able to acquire funds and make it, you know, a sustainable process to help people who needed food. And um, that's, I think, to me, the beauty of, of living on this island. I mean, we really do have a lot of aloha for each other. And I don't know how people would have survived if there wasn't such a strong helping network out there with the stuff that you guys do and everybody else. It's just, it's beyond me that we have it. And, you know, I know that there's, there's people out there that um, have a little bit of spite in their heart. You know, I've, I've seen it when individuals come through with nice cars and whatnot and people would comment like, oh man, what are they doing in there? And it's like, you know, doctors and nurses are out of the job too. You know, they, they're maybe just moved here. They have zero fund reserves. It's like everybody was in need at that time. And I just, I'm really proud of this island and everything that came together during that time. And it's, it's nice to see things calm down, but there's definitely a big hole and help is always needed, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, right. I, I noticed on, you know, your financials for like 2021, you guys, uh, your company or, or nonprofit, you know, spent almost 330,000. Do you see, has that increased in 2022? Yeah, we are constantly increasing it. Uh, and one thing we won't do is we won't bank money if we had a good year. We had our board meeting last night and um they were going over the finances, the treasurer, and we have a new board member. So I stopped her and it showed that we spent 30,000 more than we were at budget for this year. But we explained to them and, you know, we have green, yellow, red, you know, green's good, yellow, be careful, red, you know, caution, right? On your money. So there's little Excel boxes next to them and we keep it green. And we're 30, $31,000 over projected what we're supposed to spend. And we don't care. If that's needs there, we have reserves. Uh, and, and we'll just pull them out, you know. And I said, so that'll always stay green. We'll never say we're concerned. Uh, we're very fortunate uh, with the support that comes through. Uh, we're very fortunate over the years that we've been fiscally responsible. Um, to be able to maintain the reserve, to, to meet all the needs. And going back to like Clinton, you know, there's so many underlining things that happened during COVID. Um, I've been a foster parent for 28 years and a young lady that um, was under my care years ago uh, became a young mom and she winded up becoming a young single mom. So I've, I was volunteering at War Memorial handing out turkeys. So I called her up and I said, so-and-so, um, come down today, they're giving away Thanksgiving meals. And she says, oh, uncle, I can't, I don't have gas to sit in line. You know, so you don't think of how many people can't sit in that line that Clint was talking about because they'll run out of gas. They don't, you know what I mean? So it's like, there's always, we're always thinking outside the box. What's next? What's next? So ne well, another thing that we were able to do through, um, different foundations was supply some gas cards to these people 
I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I just, <laughs> it's interesting that we all collectively went through that hell and it's, it's behind us now. It almost seems just like it was decades ago, but it was only a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're heading into Christmas season, you know, things are happening tight. This is when it kind of gets the most stressful. What is your organization doing during these holidays that's coming up? I got a big smile on my face. Okay, so Clint, Clint talked about um, Christmas. Um, his mom got together with a few friends and did a small little luncheon, I think, is what she shared with me way back. Or maybe it was a small dinner party and asked them all to bring gifts 23 years ago. Uh, that, from 23 years ago... Um, was an amazing donation. The friends have one of the oldest toy drives on the island. Um, but from Donna's vision of, of creating... Um, Looking you know, for the picture? <laughs> yeah, reaching out to different community members and whatever. She, you know, she went from bringing in... Maybe, uh, you know, I, I don't know at the time, but it could have been, say she got 50 people to bring in gifts. Um, you know, she's gone now that literally thousands of gifts. She reached out to Bank of Hawaii to her friend, Joan Martin, and um, every Bank of Hawaii has a box there to help. Um, so she, she constantly evolved. So the Friends last year, uh, in partnership, Maui United Way struggled one year about giving out gifts. So what happens every year is people give me gifts up till Christmas Eve. Now, there's no way to distribute them. Uh, we have to have them by the 15th of December to be able to wrap them. We have volunteers that come in and do them. We have a retired police officer. She runs the show. Um, and... We have to be able to allow time to get them to all the families because it's a big undertaking when you're giving out 3,000 gifts. Uh -huh. um, but so some of them go into storage. So when I was meeting with the old executive director of Maui United Way after the holidays, she said, oh, we had to turn some people down. And I said, don't do that. Let's join forces. Uh, let's not say no. So since we joined forces with Maui United Way, we have never had to say no, no. Every every request on these islands are being fulfilled. Uh huh. So, do you? Um, so, you, I heard the fifteenth. So, explain maybe in little so for somebody that wants to donate or help. You know, during these holidays, what what is the procedure or what, what do you anticipate? Do we go to Do we go to Goodwill? Where do where, where do we go if we want to donate things to help? You know, the, the less fortunate. Well, it depends on what you want to donate. If you want to donate toys, you go to Maui Luxury Real Estate in Wailea, and there's a big toy box outside the door. Yep. Um, yep. We actually already have a fair collection of toys here. Yes, I, I dropped off Donna's box last week, and they already had a tremendous amount of toys sitting next to the tree. So, um, yeah. Or you can drop them by the, my office. We're in Willie Palu. We've, we've been working diligently on sending letters and calling out for the need. Um, I mean, we sent almost 1,500 letters out um, and to friends and clients and neighbors uh, talking about it. And this is just the beginning. 
you know, you can see we got a small collection coming thus far. Uh, we also like to decorate our office on a regular basis. So you'll see a big tree here, but uh, Paul will have to come sometimes and clear out this room and then we fill the whole thing up. I mean, literally from side to side, couch to couch, we'll fill this whole thing up, you know, four feet, five feet tall of toys. Hey, I think you went muted. Clint, you muted it. Uh, Clint's not talking, but let me ask Thank you, you so much. I, I appreciate that. I, I think I, I didn't realize that. When did it cut off? It cut off just as you pointed out the, the living room. Oh, okay. So yeah, we, you can see the whole room will become full of toys. I mean, it'll go from couch to couch, come out to there. It'll be uh, four feet tall. And Paul will actually, you know, sometimes have to clear it out twice. And that's not including, of course, the uh, toy drive we do at uh, our house on a regular basis. Um, so that'll be on December 3rd. If anybody wants to come to that, feel free to email me at clinthanson33 at gmail.com. That's C-L-I-N-T-H-A-N-S-E-N-3-3 at gmail.com. And I'll get you an invitation. Um, it's just such a wonderful event. We have uh, Mr. and Mrs. Claus come to take pictures of and awesome food and great way to meet people. I hear the Grinch is going to be there this year, which is mm -hmm. going to be pretty fun. So you'll uh, definitely have a, a great time and some good shots and stories to uh, talk the rest of the year about. But our it, it, the outreach beyond just what we do in our drive and working with uh, all the Bank of Hawaii or um, what is it? Which bank is it that we work with? Bank of Hawaii, Cardin, Cardin, Cardin Academy. Academy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Cardin. We do that. Uh, we go up there and work with the schools. We might be doing Seabury uh, this year. Um, but Donna's vision, I mean, one of the reasons that we specifically work with Friends of the Children's Justice Center um, is because it specifically benefits Maui kids. I mean, mm -hmm. most of the other toy drives that you see, like Toys for Tots, they usually ship those toys off to Oahu um, because that's a, a marine-based uh, uh, toy drive system. So it's really important that all this work and effort goes to help the local community out. And it's it, it's often a dismay. I know it's in, in people's good intentions to donate and help, but Friends of the Children's Justice Center, if you want to help local kids, it's important to work towards uh, them as opposed to something like Toys for Tots. So if anybody's thinking about doing their own toy drive, definitely reach out to Friends of the Children's Justice Center. Oh, wow, look at that. So that's already started. That's Emmanuel Lutheran uh, filling a van up um, with a couple of my Hanai sons. And the good thing is these kids that have benefited in years past um, want to give back. They're always asking, Uncle, what can I do to help? Uncle, what can I do to help? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a tremendous, tremendous. Don has taken this from... I'll say 50 toys to a thousand toys, plus a lot of monetary donations. Gift cards is a big, big struggle as naturally financially, because you have to buy them. So um, we, as a child turns 12, it's very difficult to get a gift for someone 12 to 18. Mm -hmm. So what we've done is we've focused on giving them gift cards through that age range. Mm -hmm. One of the nice things that I noticed on your website is it looks like, you know, I, I look at a lot of nonprofits. I, 
and they're spending, it seems like they have a high operating budget. And it looks like you guys have a low operating budget, about 80%, correct me wrong, almost 80% of the donations go out to the public. Is that the goal? Tell me, you know. It's, hi it's higher than that. So our goal is to be under 25% operating cost. And I can tell you yesterday, because uh, today, because we had our board meeting last night, we were, we're at 11%. That's unheard of for nonprofit. That's amazing. So I was a board member for 12 years. And when you join this board, Maureen Mars and all the little group that were founding members, Betty Lees, who has passed on, unfortunately, but her daughter's on our board now, uh, they call it a family. We're a family helping other families, right? They, it's something near and dear, but when you come in as a board member, they say you will have a job. We will assign you a task to assist with operating the agency. So I have board members that come in and do data entry, do the thank you cards, do all different types of things, uh, CPAs that come in and do the books. So we, we keep it right around 11% operating costs. It's just my salary and then we don't pay rent. So my office that I'm sitting in right now is inside the Children's Justice Center, which is part of the court. When we formed with the Children's Justice Center 32 years ago, that was the memorandum of agreement is that we were to provide the healing aspect for the children coming through the doors. And unfortunately my door is closed now, but we have a little young child in here today with the police and child welfare out there now that's been assaulted. Um, so we don't, even, we don't even have rent as overhead. We have spectrum. <laughs> that's our big bill. That's and, your cost. And it's, and it's 119 a month. You know, not to say that we don't have to buy paper and whatever else, but for the, you know, we really run on minimum and I'm pretty cheap. You know what I mean? Um, Until so, it comes to giving. <laughs> right. But as far as, yeah, I'm always going to try to save wherever we can um that big van that's my car for the next month and surf rents is extremely <laughs> surf rents is extremely generous to us um you know justin and skip over there so we get to use that big huge van um and that's what i drive for the month um and like dropping bank of hawaii going to emmanuel Lutheran. And it'll be there at the Hanson's party on the third. Um, it'll be there at shop at the cop with the 75 gifts inside for mm -hmm. the kids for that day at Walmart. Um, so we do a lot of different things throughout the whole year, but Christmas is the, literally at shop at the cop. I cry every year. I get so yeah. emotional when Maui news comes up and starts talking to me. It's and just one of the things that's so good about what you guys do and, and when it comes time to a donation, yes, toys are fantastic. Um, you know, gift cards are wonderful, especially for the kids, but money also goes the furthest because there's usually a lots of other programs out there that have uh, matching opportunities. So, you know, when you're working with Shop with the Cop, explain a little bit more about why that is such an important feature in connecting kids you know, to the officers. So what happens is um, we have about 400 children in, in foster care in the county, County Lanai, Molokai. And what happens is their encounter with the police is not healthy. 
Obviously, there had to be some type of situation that they had to be removed from their home, and it usually involves the police. So um, what shot with the cop, Bruce uh -huh. from Kiwanis Club, I don't know if you know Bruce McDonald, he's in the real estate business. Yes. But the, they came up with a shop with a cop 17 years ago and partnered with us uh, and naturally Maui Police Department. But it's a Kiwanis Club run event. I supply the children because of confidentiality issues. They supply a lot of the funding for the gift cards. But each child gets a $100 gift card and they have one hour to shop with a cop. And we have Mr. and Mrs. Claus, um, thanks to the Hansons. Um, they are someone I met through uh, Clint and Donna, and they uh, asked if they could be come and give out the gifts to the kids, and the kids just love it. And it's, you know, I don't know if you remember the ex-chief, but he's, you know, he's bigger than a door wall, you know, huge, mm -hmm. huge uh, guy. And I remember a little girl, she must have been five or six, with her foster mom, comes in, and sees him, and that's who she gets assigned. And she runs into a clothing rack, trembling. I mean, they, they've been traumatized through the situation, whatever happened, but all they see is a blue uniform as part of a trauma. So the chief's girlfriend, Deb, coaxes the girl out, and I got the best picture at the end of it all. So she winds up going shopping for the hour with them. I look out in the parking lot and he's helping the foster mom load the gifts into the car and the little girl's got his pant legs so tight, you know, she's got it all crunched up in her hand, hanging on to him. And, and that's the purpose of Shop with a Cop. It's to introduce these children to their, their, your protectors. You know what I mean? They're not here to cause harm, even though that was the perception the child got at the time. Um, so no matter what the challenges these families have, the children still love their mom and dads. Uh, they don't want to see them dragged out of a house. They don't want to see them put into a police car. Uh, you know, they don't comprehend, especially when they're younger, why. You know? uh -huh. But it's a, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal event. Now that shop with the cop, is it they contact you directly or how does that work? Because I'm unfamiliar with the program. So it's for the foster children. So we, we have, we started out with 25, 10 years ago. Uh, that's about what we were averaging. Uh, Bruce and I bumped it up to 35. Bruce and I bumped it up to 50. This year we bumped it up to 75. That's how much support there is out there for it. Um, and it's just, I, I, I supply the foster children because of confidentiality issues. Um, and Walmart opens before hours. So it's, we start at 6.30 in the morning, which kids aren't happy, but they get McDonald's and juice and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, uh, then they get to sit on Santa's lap. But this also goes back to, we had, Clint was talking about what an amazing community and it showed during COVID. Uh, HMS host at the airport um, every year goes out and, the staff and they purchase each child a personal gift and gift wrap it. Um, so we don't even have the expense of the gifts um, for the children that they cover that as part of their holiday giving through HMS host. So it's amazing. Yeah, it's an important and touching uh, subject too. I, 
you know, I mention it every year. And to me, that's one of the most foundational things. I mean, to reconnect to the community resources is very important for these young, you know, minds. And you don't want them to see police as the enemy. I mean, they're a resource and, and having that, that negative reaction can really have untold long impacts on their lives. So what you guys do is, is an integral part of, of creating a trust in the system that's there. Then, you know, and it's, it works. It really does. I mean, I've, I've had, you know, men and, you know, women in their thirties now come up and just been like, thank you so much. It's the, when they were some of the first members, I mean, the, the help and support that they've gotten through you guys is the reason that they're able to function in, you know, regular society, why they have a stable job, why they, you know, while they were able to grow up and, and have the connections and help that they needed to thrive. So, I mean, it's all these different features and pieces fit together to, to really help the whole child. And yeah. I just, I'm always so thankful for the dedication that you guys have put in. It's, it's in, integral to the island survivor. I love this program because my thought has always been in, this, in these times, like somebody in ninth grade, there should always be a class with a police officer teaching them interactions you know, because we all, a lot of people, and, and you're you're in the front lines there, Paul. Is that the negative uh, thoughts of a police officer? You know, to me, there should be a high school class where a police officer teaches it. Kids get to know what what a police officer does, what the roles is, how you get pulled over, how you should act. You know, and all that. And I I I I'm 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 excited about this. You know, shop with the cop because it's taking a negative, like you said, and turning it into a positive, so they don't grow up with the hey, you know, police officers are bad. I'm getting pulled over. It's time for me to run away. And then there's bigger problems that happen. It's a healing tool, not only for the children, but more importantly, for the police officers. Because if you don't think it traumatizes yes. a police officer to watch a three-year-old child being pulled off the parent that's being pulled out of the home, that's quite traumatic to go through that. They know there's damage being done to the child, not, not that they can't avoid it, but I'll tell you what happens is these officers show up and they look over and they see the child that they were involved or engaged in their removal. And they'll come up to me and say, can I have that child today, right? So it, it, it's just, it goes beyond, right? It, it's not just about healing the children. It's also, it's a, it's a healing instrument for the police department also. Yes. Oh, sorry, Clint, go. No, I have several friends that are officers and there's a lot of trauma that people don't realize cops go through on a daily right. basis because, you know, they're often thought of as, you know, this overbearing authority figure or something like that, but their job is to enforce the law and, you know, and to create justice the best way that they're capable of. And there are, uh, like you're saying, these, these terrible situations where they're having to, you know, help, uh, you know, get this person help and they need to remove them from the house in order to get them to recovery, even if it is a temporary amount of time in jail or whatnot. And it's, it's, it's traumatic for the officers and they deal with that stuff on a regular basis. 
I mean, there's abuses in the system that um, the majority of the weight lie on the officer's shoulder, you know, where, you know, there's, there's people that'll call the police, have them come to their house just because they want the attention. You know, the, I've seen it, you know, whether that's at EMTs or police coming there and they know they're on a first name basis, but they show up still and they're there trying to, you know, coax and help the person that's, you know, going through whatever mental trauma. And it, it's not necessarily the best use of their time, but they do the best that they can. So I think this is fantastic for the officers too. another way to connect and, and help on a more, you know, a holy basis as opposed to just being an authoritative figure, you know. And the funny thing is, I don't know if you go on Facebook, Byron, but, you know, if you go look at our Christmas photos with Shop at the Cop, they walk into a wall of 60 oh. plus police officers. That's how these children enter the event and wow. you know the the look of fear on their faces you know um but at the end of it i had a kid with a little police car and that's what was part of the things he bought <laughs> um and he tells me now he's going to be a policeman right so it goes back to what clinton was saying it's just such a positive interaction um one of my own personal foster sons uh was homeless young living behind Walmart, doing drugs, you know, and when we took, me and my husband um, took him under our care, um, he told me his dream was always to be a police officer. His first memory is that his dad shot himself through the head in front of him, committed suicide. That's his first memory as a child. And then his mom had challenges with drugs and alcohol and belittled him and told him that he, he was going to become that man um hence why he winds up homeless doing drugs behind walmart um you know the, he is now living in pit and clint's met him quite a few times he's my one of my shining stars as a, as a son uh -huh. but he is in pismo beach now applying to be a police officer oh nice you know. now volunteering uh how does one go about is there a volunteering option with you all so volunteering sort of a little bit tough with us because of our location. Uh, we never know when someone's going to have to unfortunately come here with a child. Uh, and that's the purpose of the Children's Justice Center. If you think of law and order, when you watch when they're talking to the children in the little playrooms, we have the playroom. That's, that's what this facility is. So office-wise, we have to all the board members that volunteer or any other volunteers that come in have to be cleared through the courts um, and it, it, not that it can't happen. So we don't need a lot of internal because we have 15 board members and believe it or not, if you're familiar with boards, I've had people ask me to be on boards that I have no interest in, but because they need a board member so they can be in compliance. And I was like, I have no passion for what you're doing, but you know what I mean? Um, so we actually have a waiting list for our board and we have no term limits. And so it's just like I like Maureen Mars described it perfectly. We're a family, and we're going to become someone else's family until they can have a family of their own, you know. Uh, but the things we do every year that we really benefit from is the Century Tournament of Champions. Oh wow! Tell me about tournament. that. So what happens is we have volunteer tasks assigned. Um, through the PGA Open, which is the first week of January. Um, 
And for every person hour that we supply volunteers, um, the PGA and Sentry gift back um, funds from the tournament back to the nonprofit. And we do very well. And it's um, it, a lot of the people that work for child welfare, family court, uh, they don't make a lot of money, but they're very grateful for all the services and funding we give them. And this, they love it because it's a way that they can go volunteer for five hours, their five hour shifts, and feel that they've just made a donation back to the friends just by sharing their time and talent. So that's our biggest struggle of the year every year because people, you try to recruit them during Christmas and we do okay. I mean, we get there, but it's always, I'm running around playing mm -hmm. Santa Claus and at the same time, I'm trying to get a hundred volunteers together. Um, so that's a big volunteer need that we always have. And again, it's just sharing your time and talent and some gas money if you have to drive to uh, over to Kapalua. But um, it's, a, it's a great event. It's a great way to go into a beautiful surrounding and watch the whales while you're volunteering. And get it always them. amazes me all the different things that you guys do and all yeah. the outreach and, yeah. you know... You're always going. Every time I've talked to you, you know, you you answer my phone every my call every single time, and you're always in the middle of doing something amazing. So it just uh, literally wow. <laughs> well, another thing, Byron, we do is with strong. I just got uh, awarded a statewide award in April for being outspoken child advocate in the state of Hawaii. Nice. Um, and my board laughed because they said they added the word outspoken because it was me uh -huh. that got it. <laughs> uh, I am a strong, strong <laughs> child advocate. I am in family court a lot. Um, and I am the voice because being a foster parent, I'll tell you, you know, I have kids that we've taken in from Molokai. Okay. They're Hawaiian boys wow. from a rural island. They're moving in with two gay guys. Hollies, meat and potato people. My wow. father-in-law lives with me. <laughs> it's a culture shock for these kids, and they don't talk. They're very polite, thank you. But, you know, again, you uprooted them from what was normal to them, even though it was not healthy. Yeah. That's all they know of life, right? And you put them into a different thing. But we have a running joke now, because one of my sons, Ga'ua, um, when we took him in six years ago, never talked he'd thank us he'd be very gracious and go to his room and, uh after dinner but we brought in uh hawaiian mentors you know you always have to think you know so once a week they'd go out and they'd spend time with someone from their culture i uh, made sure that when we were looking at a therapist that we had a culturally sensitive therapist for them but the running joke is I only watch one news show and it's because I'm a Boston boy and it's Lawrence <laughs> O'Donnell. I love Lawrence O'Donnell's sarcasm <laughs> as a Boston boy. You know, and I record it. And it's so funny. I used to be able to come home and watch it. And now if Koo is down and he pops next to me, it's a, there's the end of the show. I'm not watching. I got to hit pause. I got to hit pause. And I make a running joke to my husband. I said, remember the days when he didn't talk? Right? But, <laughs> That's yeah. the advocacy. That's being the voice for these kids until they're able to find their own. Uh -huh. you know, being that young man that's in Pismo Beach right now, living his dream, that had no hopes. 
you know, they were taken away, right? When you're living behind Walmart at 14 years old, it, yeah. and your dream is to be a police officer and no one knows that, right? So we were able to take him in and get him back into a good space where he was saying, I've always wanted to be a police officer. I called two detectives. Would you mentor this young man? Absolutely. And they've literally, you know, so t it does, it takes a village. They've literally changed his life. Uh-huh. Now what, um, besides our the Christmas, what other major fundraise drives or the community can look for, or how do they find your fundraisers? So we do a fundraiser every October. Next year, it's October 13th. We book it out. It's um, 200 max at King Kamehameha Club, our golf club. Um, it's a Pauhana Friday night event. And it's something that we people say, oh, my God, you sell out every year. You should double up. We don't want to double up. We love the intimacy in the room. Uh, this year, we're right now with $37,000 over. This is the first event we've had since COVID. And we exceeded our goal by $37,000. There's a lot of generous people that support the friends that come to the event. So that's always in October. Uh, we send out invites towards the end of August. Um, I'm super excited about our event since this is the first one since COVID. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we were planning on doing it last year um, and uh, a lot of the vendors scared us away because we, we did get county approval um, as well, one of the events since it was outdoors. But the, the, some of them were literally saying, you know, if somebody gets sick and dies, that's manslaughter charges. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> so it, it scared us away from doing it um last year and we're just so excited but even with that i mean as you know we were still running around and you know having our office as a site for donations you know working um towards uh, our normal goals and we it, every year has been better than the last which you know e even during the lockdowns not even able to have events we blew it out the doors i mean that was some of the most donations we've ever had in terms of every cornerstone, like funds and, and presents. So I'm just, thank you everybody that is willing to, you know, it's not just about a party and socializing. So I, I really appreciate they're They're there for the spirit of giving. And, and I just feel so blessed that we could be a part of that. I mean, your event has constantly evolved year after year, even during COVID, I think people were more generous um, understanding the struggle that the children were going through. And now that Don is able to still hold on to it a little bit and pass the torch to Clint, mm -hmm. um, you know, Clint is bringing in a whole different generation of people, you know, and that's like with my board of directors, right? We're founded by Betty Lee's, Maureen Mars, um, you know, Tom Lutnick or this whole group of people back then that were all in this circle that their passion and empathy for these kids. So now we're having the children of these people because they're all hitting this late seventies and eighties take over the reins and come in and become board members. And it's just, it's amazing to watch the legacy, the like, you know, with Clint being passed on to Clint, um, taking a lot of responsibilities on with this toy drive. Now it'll be my daughters too. I've got a <laughs> nine and eleven year old, and they've Not been helping. And but Hopefully this I'm year, retired by then. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, no, sir. You're, I'm making sure you're still coming to the events at the minimum. And, uh, I have a running joke because my boy yeah. wants, my boy keeps saying they want a 10 year notice. <laughs> now, they need it. They need it. You got some quite some shoes and van, fans to fill. That's for sure. I mean, um, you know, this will be the first year that my, uh, my older daughter is going to be really putting the pedal to the metal on helping. And she's got a long list of, of volunteer stuff that she's going to be helping with uh, during the party. So it'll be interesting to see as she gets the scale of the operation, because previously, you know, her job was to come and just hang out and be sweet and say hello to people. And, and now she's got an actual role between, you know, helping put out dishes and with the photographer and, you know, flipping switches at the right moment. So I'm I'm excited to make them uh, a continual part of the, the history of our family. And they also, um, I bring usually one or two of the foster kids and, and it's amazing. And one of the last years we had one young man said, uncle, I want to help. I want to give back. And I said, okay. So I bought him to the event and I said, you got to get a little dressed up. You know, it's not board shorts and stuff. Oh, Okay. Well, I drive, he was in a foster home in Haiku. I drive all the way out to get him and he must've borrowed, the kids all of five feet tall. He must've borrowed a six foot uncle's jeans <laughs> that he had all rolled up. They had stains on him. Yeah. Had, you know, if he's out in the, you know, rural Haiku, he's got dirty shoes. And I was like, holy crap, what do I do, right? So I didn't want to insult him. And I said, you know what? Let's stop at came Target on the way. And I went in and we picked out a whole new outfit for him. And this kid was beaming when he showed up at, at the house. And the Hansons and the guests just make these kids feel so special when they arrive. And then as Clint says, they're very, they can't look at you. They're, they're, they're afraid. You yeah. Know, they've never been surrounded by um, this type of caliber of people before. So it's overwhelming for them, but you know what? It's part of their growth. It's part of their healing. Um, nice. And they make statements. They actually, these are statements and these are quotes. They actually listen to me. That's one of their quotes. Hmm. They made another quote. They made me feel wanted. No child should have to make that statement. Yeah. But that's, you know, and thank you, Clint, because these kids always feel that way when they leave. They felt that they were special, uh, even though I make them load the truck at the end of the night. Dial <laughs> 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 yeah. labor. <laughs> well, you know, it does surprise me, too. A lot of the people uh, that reach out to me to come to the event um, have, you know, always felt, you know, we, we sell real estate, of course, and a lot of that is high end. But, I mean, we do a, a, a wide variety of properties. You know, um, my the, the giving is not just this. This isn't our only avenue. You know, with our clients as well, um, we've had to deal with people that are moving into dementia. And, you know, their families contacting us. They need resources on island. And, you know, moving them out of their house into a care facility, um, we have had to clean out in, insane messes from people's house in order to get it ready to sell, in order to help fund the person's, you know, end of care situations where there's like, you know, dead animals in the house and, um, you know, carpets that need to be replaced and, 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 and preparing. That's, 
honestly, I do a little bit, but my dad is, he's an older guy, but he's a big guy. I mean, he's six, three and, you know, bad back from a, a car accident, but he's still like, I see him on there and his hands and knees, like scrubbing stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I've, I've come, I could come and help you. And they, they literally have the biggest hearts when it comes to a whole avenue. Of, yeah, well, of that's, that's instilled into you as a family seriously because Clint sold the home next to me and then the Saturday oh, after yeah, he, sold, he, he got the money he could have just walked away and said what a nice little sale but the people uh were stuck on the mainland and they had things in the house that so he held his own yard sale and donated all the funds that came in from the yard sale to the friends. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So, Where? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's something that has to be instilled into you. Yeah. You know? He didn't just say, okay, I'm going to make extra money off of all the stuff they had to leave. No. He says, someone's going to benefit from this, not me. But some, the community's going to benefit from this. Nice. Yeah. Where? Where can someone make a financial donation? You know, if they can't give a toy, where, where, where does someone go? You can go online. It's pretty easy online. It's uh, the website's easy. It's www.maui. And then the letter C is in children. The letter J is in justice. The letter C is in center. Dot O-R-G, org. Is Venmo doing 501c3s yet? Uh, no, remember we tried ah. it in the air, but I might be getting there because, you, you know, believe it or not, I went to uh Rocky Horror Picture Show at the, oh, that's and, they, great. and they only took, they only took Venmo and I was like, because Clinton asked me last year and I was like, Venmo, what I, technology and me and no, but um, I, I thought of that when I was there, I thought of you, I was like, oh yeah, there's Venmo again, so I know that that you know Venmo is so easy to use, and that's one one of the a really great avenue to um, get money across to people. But the problem is, is it? Um, I know last year they were having difficulty with five hundred one c threes. Yeah, yeah. Someone, yeah, my CPA yeah. cautioned me from using it until they mm -hmm. get a better system in place. Uh, they, I believe they're actually going to be having a filing to legitimize 501c3 so that when you send it, you can see it's certified as a nonprofit, mm -hmm. yeah. but I don't think it's there yet. And I know that's the hurdle to overcome. So a check yeah. is usually the best way check to send on it. Credit card online. Yeah. There's little Santa. Yeah. Uh, there's all little different help, um, things that you can help categories online. Well, you can always have, call no, the I office. think within a, this year or next year, it's got to because I know they're getting a lot of, of push from a lot of different directions because it's the digital age and being able right. to move money across should be able to be with a, a push of a button. Putting pen to paper is becoming, you know, more of a task these days. <laughs> so the credit card, you know, that's great. Got, oh, man, got to push in those numbers. No, just yeah. boop, hit the Venmo button, send a little cash and you're on your way. Yeah. No, we are evolving, believe it or yeah. not. We are evolving. Uh, even my, we have a young board member. She's with the PGA actually. And uh, she is now assisting. She's in her thirties. She's assisting me. And, and one of my Hanai sons is going to help with Twitter and Instagram and all this new technology stuff. So she's bringing us into the 21st century. <laughs> They're going to drag you kicking and screaming, right? <laughs> I still have my flip phone sitting in my drawer. 
Every night I see it when I put my watch and ring away, just wanting it back. Yeah, you I don't know, like technology. If you think that's an old phone, my mom and dad, you know those those wooden phones. I had I had a wall. I had oh yeah. And you crank it and it makes sparks to call an <laughs> operator. My parents still have that phone, and it is the phone that my dad called my mom on their first date. Yeah. So <laughs> Uh, and my my kids are blown away. They're like, you know, they're like, you know, they they have more technology in one of these things, you know, cell phones. And they're looking at a block of wood on the wall that makes sparks to make phone calls and talk to a person. They're like, what is that? Caveman days. <laughs> so, hey, thank you so much for coming and joining us. Is there any uh, last thoughts you'd like to give uh, before we wrap up the show? No, I just, you know, I have a lot of gratitude for the community, um, especially you and your family. Um, Byron, very nice to meet you today. Pleasure. Um, appreciate uh, the conversation surrounding the importance of playing the healing role, because we all do, and everyone wants to heal a child. Um, just got a lot of gratitude, so. I'm glad you came on because I learned a lot. I mean, you know, and thank you, Clint. You know, I, I didn't had no clue. I'm, you know, looking at the website, going to look at donating, but I'm just glad that, we, you know, we're opening or sharing with the community different opportunities to help our fellow neighbors and, you know, fellow residents. Right. Yep. I'm sure some kids want to learn how to do drone or, or uh, foiling. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> Paul's going to hit you up. <laughs> there you go. And, and uh, thank you so much. I've been passing lots of people to Byron, uh, you know, getting loans. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that the rate has actually dropped recently, you know, with uh, some of the bond buybacks. And uh, the rates are going to continue to go up. And with the crazy costs and rent that are out there, it's uh, a lot of times cheaper to be owning. So, um, you know, call, reach out to him at Axia Home Loans, Byron Yap. You can always just Google him, but do you want to give your contact? Uh, my contact, Byron Yap, 808-280-3491 or byron.yap at axiahomeloans.com. Thanks, Clint. My pleasure. And Paul, what's that website again? Uh, children J is in justice, C is in center, dot O-R-G, org. And this is Clint Hansen with Maui Luxury Real Estate and the Hansen Ohana. Bob and Donna send their love and aloha to everybody here. And if you want to listen to this or any show, you can always join us at 7 a.m. on the KAOI Radio Group. Or just listen to uh, us at MauiRealEstateRadio.com where you can listen to this and all our other podcasts. Aloha. Aloha.